Guys? Yeah. Guys, are you guys seeing this? What? Oh my goodness. What is it? Oh my goodness, this is horrible. Oh, oh, are you talking about the coronavirus? Oh my goodness, you guys, this is... This is like the end of the world. Oh my goodness, what is happening? Yeah, are you guys up. seeing this? No. This is crazy. Connor, what are you are you are you talking about? Are you, do you guys or? have any idea what I'm talking about right now, guys? This is insane. How do you guys not know about this? Um, I, I don't know. You should tell us. My my laptop is gonna die. The oh. battery, it's it's going out. So this isn't about the worldwide pandemic. Everyone's freaking out about. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually pretty good. <laughs> this is the Christian artist honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. And my name is Carly. And we're here, and we're here to talk about the thing that's on everybody's minds. Why is Carly why so amazing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't scripted. <laughs> that's that's what's on everybody's minds, right? Certainly not on my mind or my lungs, because that's what I said right before you said that on everybody's <laughs> lungs as well. It's like that really creepy song where it's like, I want to be the air you breathe. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that would require a lot of molecular reconstruction. Mm -hmm. It would be concerning. Yeah. But yeah, we're talking about the, anyway. corona we're talking about the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. uh, and more, more specifically, like, I mean, okay. Connor, we're not talking about the coronavirus. I mean, we're we're, we're, we're talking. That's the thing that's instigated the in, the conversation. Yeah, that's right. That, that's that's instigated the conversation. So, Connor, take it away. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about in a more general aspect of how should Christians respond to the coronavirus, not in terms of like, you know, physical, you know, reaction, but in terms of how should our worldview, um, or how should we respond from a correct worldview in order to understand the coronavirus, um, things like the coronavirus, fear, panic, hopelessness, yeah. all these types of things that are now just pouring into our culture. Um, how do we respond to those things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so right. Like the one, the number one thing that we've been seeing as we kind of talked through this episode what we want to talk about um, was just like it, it's so interesting watching the reactions of non-Christians to the coronavirus and the mm -hmm. pandemic and, and all that stuff and watching how Christians have responded um, and there's been some variation with, within the Christian response but mm -hmm. the non-Christian response has basically been completely solid in terms of like it is the this is the the one all-encompassing reaction that the non-christian public is having to this crisis and it is fear panic hopelessness mm -hmm. right it's it's abject anxiety uh depression all of that stuff and and so we kind of want to talk about how do we as christians deal with a situation like this like what is what should be what should be our emotional um psychological attitude response to this um and how does all of that play out when we're 
thinking about a situation like this, like what what does a, a pandemic mean for Christians? Like what does this current situation mean for Christians? How do we respond to it? Why do we respond in the way that we do? Um, so on and so forth. So yeah, Carly, what, you're the one who propped the uh, the episode idea, so um, posited the episode idea. So what what, what do you want? What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, specifically with what I've seen, like, um, you know, my, my school shut down until April 24th, which I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot longer than I expected. Um, but, but what I saw from just various teachers that I had, as far as like fear over this was really interesting. Um, and seeing other Christians, especially over social media, because I mean, we connect with a lot of Christians over social media already, and now we're all in our homes, so that's pretty much the only way we are connecting. Um, been but, on Twitter a lot. Yes, <laughs> um, it's it's been really like not to be like patronizing, but in a way, it feels like like as a Christian watching unbelievers freak out about something like this is like watching a child freak out about something when they yeah. have no reason to freak out about it or rather they ha they maybe have a reason to freak out about it because they don't have the hope that we have yeah but um but we're able to look at this kind of a situation um i mean I'm not saying that none of us have experienced fear over it because i certainly have but um <laughs> <laughs> but uh m moreover like things being canceled than um actually like getting the virus and spreading it but yeah. um so that's not to say that we don't sometimes succumb to fear but we should have a greater immunity to fear um because we actually have a reason not to fear because god constantly tells us not to fear mm-hmm I was gonna let you yeah. jump back in, Connor. Yeah, because you didn't say anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, it's been interesting for me as well, just like watching the the reaction of people, you know. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I had the same the same like reaction as is what Carly said, and like, not that we're not worried about things not that we're and i shouldn't say worry we don't even use the biblical definition of sinful worry but in terms of like we're concerned about these things and like the coronavirus is concerning and there are things to deal with and there are things to react to and 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 stuff like that and there are, are serious problems that are happening people are dying you know i mean like this stuff is actually like happening and so it's like we it's not that we should like be ignoring it um but rather um in America, we shouldn't be surprised that this is happening. And I guess that's kind of like the biggest, the biggest thing for me is like, this doesn't surprise me at all. And I'm not worried because God is sovereign, right? I'm a Calvinist. And so, but like, I, we shouldn't be surprised this is happening in a country that has murdered hundreds of millions of babies. Right. Yep. you know so yeah that, just just a quick note on that i think i mean been he there's been a lot of christian thoughts and responses on various aspects of the coronavirus and, and this isn't necessarily what the topic of the podcast is about but just a word on like <clears throat> whether or not corona is a judgment or not a judgment 
I think um, the answer can be we don't know and yes or and no at the same time. Carly and I were having this conversation a while ago. Like it's clear in scripture that not every physical ailment or tragedy is judgment from God specifically for like sin. But it's also very clear that it can be. Um, And it's also even more clear that we usually don't know whether or not it is um, as as human people, uh, as creatures. And so for the, you know, for the people who are like, yes, a coronavirus is absolutely a judgment on, on, on our nation. It's like, okay, well, you could also consider the fact that for many people, it absolutely isn't a judgment um, because they did nothing wrong. But, you know, there's the concept of national judgment as well that we have to take into consideration here. I think it, it's, it's, it's also damaging, though, to say the, corona, the coronavirus isn't a judgment um, mm-hmm. definitively because that we don't know that. Um, and one of the things that I was saying to Carly the other day was like God uses so many different things to um, get justice in this world. Um, right. And, and I can imagine there are probably a lot of people who have died or gotten sick from the coronavirus in America or around the world who God that's what that's what God used to judge them for their sins. Right. Like just in their particular in- instance. Um, so I, I think we need to be careful not to immediately just like jump on one camp or the other and make all encompassing blanket statements about judgment of brother or whether or not the coronavirus is a judgment. Um, cause it certainly could be and in many cases it probably is, but yeah. Anyway, continue. Cause you guys are the ones who kind of like, were talking about this and had like anecdotes and stuff. Well, you kind of took my anecdote already. Okay. Um, just with what you first explained, but um, just just watching how afraid unbelievers are, and watching how desperate yeah. unbelievers are for some some semblance of hope, um, and also how some unbelievers are like thriving off of the craziness of the situation, in terms of like this is so hopeless and like feeding into that. Yeah, you know that, what I mean, that's one of the things that I. I said, I don't remember who I said it to, one of my classmates, I think, um, at school before everything shut down, um, was, and this was like right when the news about the virus was like really starting to spread, was that people, especially in America, we very rarely have like a huge tragedy or something like super devastating that we have to think about. And when, whenever anything like this comes up in the news, we always want to highlight it and keep talking about it because it's something new. It's something interesting. It's something completely different from what we're used to. And so it's like, oh, well, I'm bored of the norm. So let's keep inflating this thing, no matter how horrible it is. Um, and we as Christians can look at that and say, well, no, that's not how we approach something like that. Like we mm-hmm. actually go to scripture and we say, well, what does scripture say about how we should react to something like this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just thinking about, like, from hearing what you guys have said from, like, people that you've noticed, because I haven't really been out a whole lot. Um, I've been doing, like, DoorDash and Instacart and stuff like and, that. And, um, and Carly and I have been failing to practice social distancing. <laughs> so we've just been exposed to us. 
I, what I what I was saying is you have like particular like anecdotes anecdotes that you were sharing with me in the past of like your people you right. noticed right like you know you, you people at work Connor and and you know for you Carly it was you know people at school um but uh I haven't really you know had that directly for, for me I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it was it's just been a very different experience for me like going like mm-hmm. listening to all of this and I didn't really think about oh this is this is the response that people would be having until it kind of came up in conversation mm-hmm. because I don't think there's been a single point where I've actually been worried about this <laughs> me too like yeah, at all me too yeah. like and I mean this is interfering with my wedding you know what <laughs> right, I mean like yeah. like yeah like this could be this could literally make it so that you know, a lot of people don't come to my wedding because of the coronavirus, but also this could be that we can't ha- legally have the wedding because yeah. we can't have more than 10 people there. Yeah. Like, and I'm not worried at all. Yeah. You know, because I mean, first of all, I like love Mickey, like we're, we're still going to get married whether or not we can have a big wedding anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that aspect isn't like hurtful. You know what I mean? Like that could very easily be what's, what's happening with other couples, even Christian couples of, Oh, well, because our family and friends can't be there. I don't want to get married yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mark that would really hurt me. Um, on the, the service that they live streamed, um, yesterday, he was talking about how there are a couple that he was counseling for premarital counseling had like their last uh premarital counseling session and then after that they were going to get married and Mm -hmm. they were they came to him in uh or maybe it was before the session it was like oh are we still having the session and he was like yeah yeah i'll be there and they basically said like well since we can't really have this big wedding now can we just get married at this premarital counseling session and like have like people there and and he was like yeah totally let's just do that and so that's awesome yeah yeah, i was like that's exactly how christians should be responding is like we're not going to put off something like that we're going to find whatever way we can to still glorify god in that yep yeah Mm mm-hmm um, yeah. And, and so like just thinking about it in terms of that, cause there's been plenty of stuff that I, I could worry about this. I absolutely could mm-hmm. be worried, but not, not necessarily the coronavirus itself, but all of the, the ways that the government has been overreaching its authority <laughs> and the fact that they're basically ruining yeah, we, the economy. We should definitely talk about that. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I'm sure we will we'll on the Theonomy episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two weeks from now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, in terms of Theonomy? Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, we can just yeah. Yeah, and so like I've had reasons to worry, but mm-hmm. I really get you know when it gets down to for me is like I think about it and I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean this could affect me. This could lead to me not having work or having a hard you know having having to be a, a having bleh, what am I trying to say? Making it harder for me to like live and you know mm-hmm. make money and all that stuff. I mean, we could theoretically die from this. And yeah, but there's also that. Theoretically, I mean, we, the chances of, of us at our age dying from this is very, very low, but mm-hmm. theoretically we could die from this. Yeah. But then I, I was like, I'm not actually worried about it though, because mm-hmm. like, even if I did die, okay. Like what, yeah. what would that actually do? Nothing really? I guess it would be sad. Like, especially for people who... Like if I if I died and other people that I knew didn't die, right? Like that obviously that's sad for them and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Carl. Um, this is just a hypothetical. I'm not planning on dying. Um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but right, like it's it's one of those things where it's 
like at the end of the day death doesn't scare me right like i guess like pain worries me and like the, if it was like a large long drawn out thing right but like not in the same way that it would right like it, i'm i'm confident that like whatever happens ultimately this is what it is it's you know i'm confident whatever happens it's in the sovereign will of god mm -hmm. um and he you know there's lots of verses that specifically talk about how he cares for us you know uh don't worry because he cares for you and like he's he dresses the flowers like this so why wouldn't he dress you like he, he takes care of the sparrows why wouldn't he take care of you um and those are just things we have to have at the forefront of our mind when we're christians because um right because that's that's our foundation that's our standpoint um that's our and should be our attitude coming at this thing is hope is not being worried and, and it's been cool just to know that I've internalized that, um, right? That And not that it's like, oh, I'm great or anything like that because I'm not worried, but rather mm -hmm. I know that I've been sanctified enough that I don't worry about this um, and I, I trust God. So, um, but others don't, you know, right? Like the people who are non-Christians, they don't have that hope. It's impossible for them to have that hope. So it's, it's obvious that they would be reacting like this. So... Mm -hmm. When I cough, you guys should say something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to pull up verses real quick. Sure. Um, I mean, j just in terms of, you know, I mean, talking about like, like being sanctified to the point where we're not worrying about stuff, you know, that kind of sounds like conviction, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it sounds like, um, like, well, this is my conviction and I'm sanctified enough where I don't worry about this. Whereas other people might think, well, oh, you know, like they're being whatever, you know, and like have a different opinion on whether or not they should be worried. Yeah. I mean, I use, I use the know? word sanctify very specifically because what does sanctification have to do? It has to do with sin and the, and the mm -hmm. putting off of sin, becoming more like Christ and being more like Christ means trusting your heavenly father, even if you're about to be tortured um and have the wrath of god poured out on you for the sins yeah. of all mankind you still trust god and if jesus did yeah. that then we can handle the coronavirus <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah. mentally and emotionally right we can mm -hmm. um matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34 i think for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. And if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I think more than anything, like, I mean, if, if, if Christians have, have gone into a panic, an ungodly worry panic because of the coronavirus, they need to repent. Yeah. 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 Right. Cause, cause doesn't, that doesn't mean that you don't, you're not sad. It doesn't mean yeah. that you're not war, like concerned about like your friends and your family. It doesn't mean you don't wash your hands because <laughs> well, you know, first of all, you should be washing your hands all the time anyway. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, that's the, but, that's the, one of the things that has, has opened my eyes about this virus is like, how yeah, much yeah. do people not wash their hands before that yeah. they're like yeah. making sure people wash their hands? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so that, you know, it, obviously take the precautions, mm -hmm. be wise and not stupid. I mean, that's, 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 that's basic, right? But when it comes down to the, the, the panic and the, the worry that the world is having right now, the unbelievers are having right now, you know, um, the, the Christians should be the fearless church. It was a quote by A.W. Tozer, when the, when the world is, is is afraid when the world's in a panic they need to see a fearless church mm -hmm. and uh um really yeah. really cool thing that happened um john speed was one of the abolitionists um that was in babies are murdered here um two i think he i think no he was in babies murdered here one as well yeah he was mm -hmm. um john speed i follow him on facebook and as soon as like the everybody was going to walmart and buying toilet paper um he was like you know what we should do we should go preach at Walmart. And he like <laughs> made a Facebook status and was yeah. like, who's with me? Let's go <laughs> preach at Walmart. And he took uh, like, he took a couple of Christian guys and uh, probably from his church. And they went to Walmart on like the green space that like behind the parking lot kind of a thing where they could publicly stand. They took a voice amplifier and they started preaching to the parking lot. And like, they had a bunch of strange characters come up and talk with them like Wiccans and um, modalists, you know, and, you know, just people like that. And, and, uh, um, afterwards he specifically said, like, there are two guys that really took it seriously. So be praying for them, stuff like that. And, uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's awesome. And, uh, I was like, man, if, if I wasn't like planning a wedding right now, <laughs> that would be, that would be goal numero uno. Um, and, um megan meisberger who who goes out to the, to the clinic with us she uh she also like posted that on my facebook she was like she was like hey angel and, and connor if you guys go let me know because uh you know i don't want to i don't want to come with and so that was really cool so so i mean just stuff like that um there's been huge um blessings and um like very clearly that god is is working um to cause people to repent because of the coronavirus um, and, and even like Ray Comfort on his YouTube channel and stuff, he's been saying how much more open people have been to the gospel and how hopeless people have been. And so they'll listen to, to him. Um, and so he's had like so many really good conversations that he has like a backlog over like over a hundred videos right now or something like that on the YouTube channel. And they release daily videos, like, like they release daily videos and they have like a backlog of like a hundred or something right now. And it's because the coronavirus has made people so susceptible, not susceptible. That's a horrible word for that. So um, receptive, that's the word I was trying to say. So receptive um, to the gospel and to the idea of repentance, because they're like, 
I could die, <laughs> you know, and people are just hopeless. And, and it's super interesting though, too, is like, you'd think that people would be like in like staying away from people, you know, and Ray Comfort still as like talking to people and stuff like that. And I, I even, um, AJ even got a bunch of, uh, coronavirus, like gospel tracks. Like people are jumping on this. They're like, you know, that let's, let's use the coronavirus as a way to, to preach the gospel. And so they have little, little, uh, gospel tracks that, have like the like like a, a image on the front of this coronavirus and uh um with like a like microscopic like you know infection kind of things and uh or virus i should say because that's obviously the correct word for that i'm marrying a nurse it's okay um, <laughs> but uh <clears throat> like on the back then it talks about like what you're what the cdc is telling people to do and then it goes into the gospel and saying that um, the number one cause of death is sin and like <laughs> and so yeah so i mean it's just it's it's so cool to, to look around and be like you know christians are being able to be such a greater witness because of the coronavirus and so um church if you're panicking repent and use this as an opportunity yeah 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 and i think it, like you mentioned it before but like the main part of this that's so important is is the fact that this is our witness to the culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right now if, yeah. if people see christians acting the same way that they are yep. they'll yeah. think oh they have no better hope than we do mm-hmm. right because they're still freaking out over this like yep. they have no mm-hmm. reason to to push through this without fear yeah and, and also I, I think it's important that we I mean, obviously, it's important to to be um, loving our neighbors in a time like this too. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like finding ways to to help those who are like going to be really, really hurt by yeah. the coronavirus or the effects of trying to quarantine the coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. I think honestly, that's like gonna business be, is going down and stuff. I think. What we're going to see is after the coronavirus is, you know, is fading is, uh, I keep think, trying to think of words that I, I can't remember. Um, it's trickling off. We're going to see a lot of um, problems that were created by the coronavirus rear their heads as a bigger issue than even the probably the coronavirus was. Yeah. Um, and that is going to be the time where the church will either make or break all of this. Um, because I think, you know, right now a lot of authoritarianism going on and, you know, stuff where, okay, the church is like literally being like forced to not meet and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe there's not a whole lot we can do about that right now um but what we can do is as soon as all of the consequences come uh to all of this as soon as the fallout hits um it's get out there and do all that we can to be the church Mm -hmm. to those around us Mm -hmm. and to show them not only were we not afraid but we are absolutely more than willing to help the people around us and um to i mean to to love our neighbor as ourselves and not Mm -hmm. um not be insulated during this time, not not go back to the, to the way things were, or just not care about the people that are suffering, 
um, from the effects of all these things, but come back as a stronger, more unified, like body that will reach out um, mm-hmm. and give those people the hope that they need. Yeah. Um, another, I mean, just more like stories and examples from that is like John Speed's church. Um, they, they still met um, and they all stayed in their cars and they had like a drive-in like yeah. church service and it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, and then um, in terms of just like the church coming along and, and helping people like Stacy almost immediately when um, they like were, were declaring like national emergency and stuff like that and going to shut down like businesses and whatnot. She immediately like posted on her Facebook and was like, like, Hey, like, um, this is what my church is doing. They're, they're helping people, um, who, um, like can't like be there, like, like they like work jobs or whatever. And they like, don't know how to like provide for their, um, like kids or whatever, or like families that do have to work, um, that they don't have daycare for anymore of like, like helping give like meals and stuff to the kids, um, who, you know, might not be able to have, like their parents might not have money now to like buy them food and stuff like that. Like immediately was just like figuring all that out and, and, uh, and, and, and like doing that already. So that was really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an opportunity to, to reach the gospel and to show that we love our neighbor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just, I've noticed every time, just the idea of mortality and the realization mm-hmm. of mortality comes back to me when anything mm-hmm. like this happens in the world. I am just hit with the realization of, oh, I'm not preaching the gospel as much as I should. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. should drive the church to preach the gospel more. We shouldn't just, yeah. you know, once this is over, just go back to not preaching the gospel to any person we possibly can. We should be, um, further driven to preach the gospel to anyone that we can possibly reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, it's made me, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without saying things that are technically still confidential at this point. Mm. Um, it's making me appreciate, appreciate the, I, the, reality and hope of being in a God-honoring Christ-centric church body that all are unified in preaching the gospel and going out into the community. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah, I don't know where to go from there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I hope that this specifically makes Christians realize that having church from home is not the same as being mm-hmm. part of a physical body. Yeah, um, yeah, because that's been a huge thing for me. Like, as soon as my church announced that, oh, we can't meet, obviously, I mean, we're going to do everything we can to digitally um, still have a service in a way. Um, but as soon as they announced that, I was like, oh great that's like my favorite part of the week and i can't like go and meet with people physically yeah Um, so that was a huge bummer um but but i i wish that other christians 
like the majority of Christians actually felt that way because yeah, I don't right. think the majority of Christians really recognize how no. valuable meeting in a physical building with a body of Christians is like yeah no i mean most people most people are excited i don't have to wake up right. early and go to They're church like, now. i can stay in my pajamas and just sit in yeah. bed and watch service yeah. and mm-hmm. most of them probably won't because no one's there to be like oh you're not watching the sermon yeah so it's like yeah yeah i like, hope it's a, mm-hmm. a wake-up call rather than you know an excuse for people to skip church for a couple weeks <laughs> yeah yeah i I, th- I think one of the things that's really made that even more clear to me is um this past sunday um, we got together with a bunch of our really so close yesterday. friends. Oh yeah, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yesterday. Literally yesterday. It's been such a long two days. The days are blurring <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs> um, yesterday. Nice job, Spurgeon shirt, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, Just noticed. Uh, yesterday we we got together with a bunch of our friends, our dear friends, and um, watched watched a sermon from from River Hills uh, Community Church here in Janesville um and did music together um and just talked and stuff um and it's like it's you know it's not exactly the same thing as like actual church um but like right. it's a piece of that like actually still being able to be together and yeah specifically yeah. specifically worship um like there and and this is something that i'm realizing the more and more I realize what worship is and how it's like, as I dig into that idea and like, how do we worship God rightly and truly? What's the best way to do this? as like a congregation. It's, it's made me appreciate more and more when I think it's something you said, Carly, when we were talking once, um, just the, the whole thing of being able to hear the people around you singing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like for most of my life, I've been a part of, church environments that have been like you really can only hear the band Mm -hmm. right you can really only hear the band and so you're singing and maybe you hear the person directly next to you but you don't actually feel that you're singing together as the body Mm -hmm. you feel like you're singing with the lead singer um right but the last couple weeks have really kind of impressed upon me the importance of being able to hear the people around you singing as well. That is what worship is about as a congregation, as, as corporate worship. It is not about anything else, but you know, the, the person who's leading the song, the only thing that they're supposed to do is help the other people to all sing together better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to be able to know that they are all singing together better, um, not to isolate each other from me, uh, isolate people from each other in the way that the atmosphere is, but bring each other together as you notice every single voice around you and realize you're part of something much bigger than you are. Um, that is ultimately what worship is in a corporate setting, like what it's supposed to feel like. And I, I've realized that over the last couple of weeks, just being able to be in a smaller setting, right, and doing worship. That that's that's what most of I think church cultures today are missing, um, in their worship is is they focus so much on the let's get the band right, let's get the music, like excellent, which is like in and of itself like excellent music is a great thing. Like obviously you want to have be excellent at it, but when the point when of you're it, when you're trying to make the band look excellent, in as the main focus. Right. That's not the point. The point is, how do we make everyone together, like sound and and um, 
come together in unison in the most excellent way we can. That's that's the right focus. Um, yeah. I, what does that I have just... to do with? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're talking about the body. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, going off of that a little bit, I was just thinking back to even at G3 with a room full of so many yes, people. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, there were moments where the sound system had to be loud enough that everyone could hear it. And so you couldn't obviously hear every single person in the yeah. room because you were so far apart. But you could still hear that there was a large amount of Christians all singing together. And that was, I mean, for me, that's always emotionally impactful, Mm -hmm. but that's very spiritually uplifting to know that like, oh, this entire body of believers is all singing this song together. Yep. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's something that, um, I mean, just generally the modern church doesn't really emphasize that much, but um, also that's something about, meeting together in a physical space that we can't do right now necessarily at least not in larger groups um that you know hopefully we come back to and reappreciate more after this is over yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um some, something to add just in terms of like the music um i think i think one of the reasons that um of just what you mentioned before of just like um how there are church environments where it's just like, it's just the band, you know, it's just the band singing and you like the rest of the congregation is, is like uh, supposed to be singing, but it's like, you only hear the band. And I think, I think, you know, part of that could be just like the goal of the worship band, you know, trying to make a good song rather than get the congregation singing together. But also there are people who are trying to get the people to sing together and it's not working, that's a huge sign that the maturity of the church is not about worshiping God in an unashamedly biblical way. The church is about going to a a community where you are comfortable, where you feel the quote-unquote love of God, and you feel refreshed, Mm -hmm. and then you go about your life living the exact same way you always lived. There's no maturity in Christ. There's no rich theology that makes you sin. It's just repetition, you know what I mean? And it's, and it's, and it comes from a, a, a spiritually immature body sometimes. Yeah. I mean, well, let's just continue running along this tangent. Um, one of the <laughs> things that just brought to mind was way back when in junior high, when we would do the junior high youth group and like, we would listen to, um, like kind of pre-recorded song like worship songs with with lyrics on screen and then sing like mm-hmm. that was part of the junior high kind of uh sessions yeah. mm-hmm. um i remember the reason given for like why it was so loud why we played played it so loud at the volume mm-hmm. that we did was so that the kids wouldn't feel self-conscious you know mm-hmm. having other people hear them sing Mm-hmm. Which brought two things to my mind. One, like that's kind of completely cross purposes to the point of corporate worship. Mm-hmm. But I know, but two, I know why we did it that way. And it's because unfortunately youth ministries in general are most often geared towards non-believers, right? Mm-hmm. Towards kids that are just randomly coming. And obviously those kids wouldn't be comfortable singing a worship song with other people around them but the the issue but but the issue is yeah they shouldn't be singing them in the first place yeah right if they're Mm -hmm. not saved they shouldn't be singing worship songs 
they'd be mm-hmm. lying, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and so I'm just, that, yeah, I, I think that's ultimately mm-hmm. that's the that's the issue. I think is because I think that's probably one of the main reasons why music is is so loud in why it's not mixed so that the congregation can hear everyone else sing is specifically so people don't feel self-conscious if they aren't singing or yeah. if the people around them can hear them sing or whatever. But that, again, we're, we're, we're undermining the foundation of what corporate worship is supposed to be. And it's supposed to be all of us joining together in song to worship God and and be unified in that. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, there there are some other things we could talk about, but I feel like this is totally off topic. <laughs> we are very off topic yeah. at this point. Yeah. So you got to yeah. be the bigger person and and not not go with the thing that I was thinking of to add to that conversation <laughs> and and try to try to us back in. Yeah. So any any other thoughts on um, our current like situation right now and fear, panic, hopelessness? Um, something that, uh, was brought to my mind yesterday with one of our friends at, at, at church, um, at, at like our small group gathering of church where we watched that sermon from River Hills, um, was, uh, like for, for me and like, like Maddie, you know, like the coronavirus, like quarantine is like a breath of fresh air for us. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm forced to be alone. Yeah. You know, cause we're introverts, yeah. you know? Gone oh, and yeah, well, so yeah, gone. you, Carly too. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. something that was brought to my mind yesterday. Carly is, is thriving is, as a homeschooler right now. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. One of, one of our friends, Zach, well, yeah, for real though, for real, can we emphasize that for a second? The whole world has been forced to homeschool. Yeah. Yep. God is so good. I have to point out every time I see someone say that, that like, oh, people, a bunch of people are homeschooling now. I'm like, but technically it's still just public education from home. So it's not the same. That's true. Like it's still the same horrible curriculum. Yeah. But Um, it's it's the added added benefit of being able to be around. It does give you the structure of, yeah, actually home and you know, I'm able to actually order my own day however I want to. And then, and then I actually end up having time to do other things other right. than school when I get things done. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, so, uh, another thing to add on that is Mickey and I were at the post office the other day to, to sending out our uh, invitations. No, we were buying stamps to send out our <laughs> invitations. That's what you're doing. And uh, there was, there were like two or three moms that were standing in line, um, a few people ahead of us. And uh, at first I didn't see that their kids were with them, but they were, and they were complaining about like the coronavirus and the quarantine and stuff like that. And they were like, man, we're going to like, people are all stocking up on toilet paper. We're going to need to stock up on a wine to have to like be in that same house with our kids for so long. And I was like, I was like, looked at Mickey and I was like, yeah, like this is the uh, abortion culture of hating kids, you know? And then I like looked and their kids were like right next to them. Like, and like one was like nine years old. And I was just sitting there thinking, and I like said it out loud. I was like, Mickey, I was like, Mickey, their kids are right there. And she was like, shh, like they're in here. And I was like, I was like Mickey, their kids are right there. <laughs> and I was like, so mad. I was like, how dare those evil parents just literally in front of their kids be like, yeah, I'm going to need to get drunk in order to handle you in my home. Yeah. It's like, why did you have a kid? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, what I, wrong that's what you? I was going to bring up is like, this is, this is, um, this whole situation is bringing up one of two truths either one yeah. 
parents are realizing, oh, wow, I want to have my kids near me more. And mm-hmm. this is great. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. Like, I yeah. think there's going to be a lot of people who are like, I want to homeschool. I think this is actually, yeah. actually yeah. going to be true. But the you other, know, a lot of, a lot of bullying might come out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like kids could be like, like, uh, I feel so much safer here and they might get happier right. because of the quarantine and stuff like that. And the parents will be like, why is everything like, like you seem so much happier. Is that cause you don't have to go to school yeah. and they're going to be like, no, it's cause I'm not bullied here. Yeah. You know, something like that. But then the second one will be, um, but also it will reveal a bunch of evil parents who hate their children yeah. mm-hmm. and don't want to be with them. Mm-hmm. And spouses that maybe shouldn't have gotten married in the first place because they <laughs> abhor the idea of spending a bunch of time together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's funny. It's like, I always used to like, like the reason I loved the show lost so much um, was because it took like a bunch of like normal people. Okay. They weren't normal, but like <laughs> in terms of like, you know, a- average everyday people who were living normal lives and you throw them into a desperate dire situation where it's a life or death to survival situation and how do they respond morally to like these things like like when when they're not getting along you know what happens when one of them steals the guns what happens you know stuff like that how do you deal with the scumbag in the party you know what i mean um and like it was so interesting and i always loved thinking about things like that and even just like with my own friends being like being like, what would happen if we were in this situation? Like, would I be the hero? You know what I mean? Like, would I would I stand up and do the right thing against all odds? Like, I, you know, it, it's it's cool to think of yourself as like, like when I'm when I'm exposed for who I am, you know, who who am I really? And I mean, that's that's basically what's going on. A desperate, dire situation is revealing like the hearts of 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 people, and it's it's something that desperate, dire situations do. You know, and, and that's why, that's why, you know, again, we're Calvinists. And so we believe God is sovereign over all things. And so we weren't worried about the 2016 election either. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, but I mean, we were, we were concerned, yeah. right? And we hated it. I dreaded that day <laughs> because I knew it was evil, but, but I wasn't worried. I went to bed that night and was, I mean, I, I prayed and I was like, well, God, like you'll have your way. And yep. I didn't even stay up to like figure out who won. Cause I was like, doesn't matter who won god's sovereign i can't change it i can't change what's going to happen now you know and like um it's it's the same thing it's like when when horrible things um like go down like that they're big big um like big big things that that go down like that um it really shows the character of people oh that's what i was going to say is um when when we were like when people were like, oh, you got to vote for Trump because if Hillary gets in, she's going to pre- persecute Christians. Yeah. And we were like, <laughs> I want the Christians to be persecuted. It, you know, I was like, I was like, I, I, if, if, if God's will is for the, the Christian church to get persecuted right now, it's going to weed out all the, the goats. <laughs> and that is a godsend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like quite literally, you know, <laughs> you know, God is sending judgment on his people to, you know, rebuke them. And we were like, you know, people would be like, you have to vote for Trump because or else the Christians will get persecuted. And we were like, we're not going to do something evil in order to have easier lives, <laughs> yep, right. you know, um, yeah. so say that again, Connor. <laughs> we're not going to do something evil in order to have easier lives. Please. Can, can that go please, in the, can that go in the intro? About, please think about that. 
please think about that with all this coronavirus <laughs> stuff please 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 yeah. like i i i am having so many arguments with people on not, i guess me not personally um i have been kind of staying out of the arguments but i've been seeing a lot of people a lot of Christians there arguing. Are a lot of them. Yeah, there are a lot <laughs> of arguments with between Christians where I'm seeing Christian people uh what's the right word for this? Defending and condoning and saying it's it's like absolutely necessary for government to mandate that everyone, you know, like stays mm-hmm. indoors and like completely what there's mm-hmm. just so many issues and and that it goes back to that exact sentiment right we cannot do or condone evil to make us feel safer because that's yeah. what the pagans do that's <laughs> right there's your sound right <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> that's what the pagans do like i'm i'm for, for, for real we could we could yeah, we we could we could string those 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 comments back to back and add that into the intro if we wanted to. There's nothing really funny. I still need to make that. Um, um but but right because that this is, this okay, is yeah. the issue we're seeing is um, just uh in terms of the verse that says right like um. Uh, it's in Romans. Romans. It's part of the Romans one discourse on on sin um, that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. It'll be easier to just read it off. Um, Romans one. Yeah. Um, Though they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that that's that's the issue here Oof. is Oofy. just 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 one note before we get to the theonomy stuff two weeks from now. Um God's law has provisions in it to God's law has provisions in it to quarantine infected individuals. Absolutely it does. It does have yeah. situations where a government, you know, so the civil magistrate can can quarantine individuals that are infected with the disease, right? Like part of the holiness code and all that. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. It does not mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. God's law never allows the civil magistrate to preemptively stop bad things from happening. Never once. Yeah. Never once. It's the same thing with the speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and so it like it does not give us the permission. It's, it's let's to... punish people before something bad happens. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get into that with the theonomy episode. I'm just I'm just very concerned in terms of the whole coronavirus. Thing. I think <laughs> the when we because because this is this is all about the if we're talking about fear, right? If we're talking about hopelessness. If we're talking about this, what is the response of a person dealing with a pandemic like this? Dealing with a situation where they are in terror, are in are, are hopeless what do they do they turn to their god and for so many people we are seeing their god mm-hmm. is the government they are pleading i've seen tw- tweet mm-hmm. after tweet after tweet mm-hmm. of people pleading with the government please ban everything right please ban us all from leaving please do this because we're all gonna die mm-hmm. right because they are so afraid 
And so us as Christians, if that is our response, we are showing who our God is. That's what we're doing, especially because it goes directly mm-hmm. against God's righteous standard in his law to, to do, to, to basically do evil mm-hmm. to try to stop a greater evil, quote unquote. Right. Um, and we're showing who our God is, but our God is the mm-hmm. God of the sovereign universe. Our, the God, our God is the sovereign God of the universe who, um, ordained for this virus yeah you you. i know I, de- I was i was definitely heretic. you almost accidentally recanted mm-hmm. <laughs> um right he ordained the virus in the first place he is working out everything for good for those who love christ he's working out everything for his glory and so we ultimately what we do in any situation like this we say what is right we will do that no matter what we will be faithful to that right and let god work out the details is it right to mm-hmm. f- destroy the economy, to put countless people out of work by quarantine, quarantining completely uninfected individuals? And I know that it, like it, it takes like two weeks for for like a lot of times it's you're asymptomatic, mm-hmm. like it, it, you don't know. Tough. That's just the way it is, right? You do not <laughs> do evil to a person yeah. because you think something bad might happen. The end, end of story, you mm-hmm. do, you are not given that right. Anyway, I needed to talk about that at least a little bit. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, uh, Angel wrote on here and said, another good thing coming from the quarantine is having more time to watch Nacho Libre. <laughs> Um, which is which is what we did after after church yesterday we 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 gathered we talked for like an hour and then we watched a sermon sang songs talked for another hour or two and then watched nacho libre (laughs) is it was it was a great day and Mm -hmm. and and paul washer said it was his favorite movie so it was the godliest thing we could have done after church anyway um and we were thinking about making memes about replacing church with nacho libre because paul washer loved the movie so it's like it's totally fine that right no obviously what we need to do is have the have church and then go to el rancho and then go. watch Nacho Libre. Then we get the full Paul go. Washer there you experience. Go. I can't believe you remember that reference. Yep, that's the full Paul Washer experience. Okay, just kind of, just to kind of, you know, explain that a little bit. Uh, first of all, Paul Washer's favorite movie is actually Nacho Libre, which just Somehow. tells you a lot about how awesome Paul Washer is. Um, secondly, there's this uh, sermon where he was giving, um, where he was talking about um, how he was in like South America. Um, somewhere like preaching a sermon or no no it would have been it was it was somewhere he was somewhere preaching a sermon to the church and said there was another place that i went and was preaching um and he was talking about like the church of like how do we do church and like what is how do we do sundays like what is what is how do we gather together as believers like how do all those things work and one of the things he was talking about is um like the sermon is not the, the church service like that's not church like I can go preach to the stream, you know, but that's not church. And, um, you know, talking about stuff like that and, um, how he, basically he was talking about like, and he was, and he was preaching, um, at this, at this place. And he was talking about these types of things and he would, and he was like, like, hold on everybody. Like, I know what you're thinking right now. You're not thinking about church. 
you're thinking about going to El Rancho, which was like the the like only restaurant in like the city or whatever. And it was like like because everybody goes to El Rancho after church or whatever. But right now you're going you're thinking about going to El Rancho. You're not thinking about church. You're not thinking about what I'm saying. You're just thinking about what's going to come after that. And he was like, "How about we do this? How about I I you know we end the sermon and we all go over to El Rancho and we just sit down and we just talk and we get to know each other, you know." Um, like I get to know who you are. I get to know what you're struggling with. I get to, you get to know who I am. We open up and we have a real conversation. We don't just talk about sports, you know, like we, we talk, we eat some chips. God is good, you know, <laughs> but let's actually get to know each other. And that's church. So, um, to kind of like bring that around since we just made those jokes, but then are talking also about the quarantine and church. Like, again, like hearing a sermon is not church. Mm-hmm. The pastor does not make a church in the sense of he preaches a sermon and then Wherever whoever is, is well, there, whoever's there is that's, the that's the church yeah right no um the, the church is like the, the church service is before the christians communing with each other after the christians communing with each other the music the the word of god being preached um uh communion mm-hmm. right lord's table all those things make up church. It's not just the service. It's not just the sermon. Like Christians coming together and keeping each other accountable and exhorting one another to good works and loving one another and encouraging one another, like that's the church. It, and so if you think that somehow a better substitute for church is to just watch a sermon online, like that's not church. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I have two things. So number one, because of all that you that you just said about you know watching a sermon isn't church um uh that's one thing that i've really appreciated about the church that i go to radiant here in camas um is that especially recently um just in normal services they've emphasized you know having um kids in service with you and also, here's some discussion questions that you can talk about at home after the service with your family. And so they especially emphasize that this week with a live service with, um, you know, posting on social media, like, here's your like bulletin for the week, like we would normally give you in physical form. And here's things that you can talk about and, oh, read the passage for next week and talk about it beforehand. And so it's like giving families the opportunity to have a kind of church service. Um, I mean, really family worship is what it is to have fellowship with each other in that way. Um, when we can't have it, um, with the whole body, which we really should be doing that in families anyway, but, um, especially when the body can't meet, like we can't now. Um, I super appreciated how my church does that, um, with encouraging people to, talk about the service outside of just the service itself um Mm -hmm. and then the second thing kind of going off of angel's comment uh is that just we have a lot of time to do stuff um so number one the first thing that i noticed is like hey this rids a lot of people of the excuse that they had to not read their bible every day which is oh i don't have time or like Oh, I'm too busy. I, I can't, I can't focus in the morning. I can't wake right. up. That early. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you can wake up and whatever time you wake up, you can read your Bible. Um, of course, people still have to work from home a lot of the time, but you can schedule yourself differently now that you can make yeah. the time specifically to do this. If you weren't doing that before. Um, 
and uh two uh Ligonier has made like all of the resources free right now so like mm-hmm. take advantage of that <laughs> um mm-hmm. uh because that's super valuable stuff um and just like figure out like take up a new productive thing maybe not a super productive thing but take up a new hobby that you can use to glorify god like i've been using this time to make a lot of bread and try out different recipes and like figure out you know how i can best make bread that people enjoy like i figured out that oh my dad really likes this one type of bread that i made and this other type of bread that i usually make is now not as good because they're like there's like higher standard um Mm -hmm. so it's like you you can use all of this time um to glorify god rather than just laying in bed and watching youtube or binging netflix all day um so do that (laughs) (laughs) do that um i mean i mean going off of of, of that as well i mean if if you have all this extra time and your church is comfortable you know with uh i shouldn't say comfortable but your church is is willing to do evangelism Mm. You know, go out and, and evangelize. I mean, like literally, like you could just we're social talking about distance being until like, yeah, no, but, but no, for real though. Listen, like, like everything is being closed down, and now every every grocery store is just being flooded with people because that's the only place they can go to get food because like like restaurants are having to close down, and so everybody's congregating at grocery stores. So true, go to grocery stores and preach the gospel. Like it's, it's, it's like, it's like warfare 101. You find your enemy cornered, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Surround your enemy, get them all into one place in one little trap. Yeah. <laughs> Which Sorry, in this case, was... <laughs> the, unbelievers are, the unbelievers are not the enemy, but. They are the enemy, but, but we're we are committed to love to, them and yes, pray for them. Trying to herd the, <laughs> the sheep weapons, in one area. The, the weapons Find that we're using are are love and the gospel. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, before before everybody is like, man, Congress really <laughs> lost it. He, he's 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 really gone cage stage on this evangelism thing. There are so many people who thought that many many years ago. <laughs> Oh yeah, the fact that I wanted to preach the gospel biblically—that was cage stage. Mm-hmm. Yep, true. Yeah, too far. <laughs> Angel said, "You can preach from your lawn. Your neighbors are home; they'll hear you." I mean, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I mean, for real though. Like, if you have neighbors, go, 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 bring them food, mm-hmm. and be like, "God bless you." Here's a gospel tract. I mean, that's something mm-hmm. you could legitimately do. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So. If you, go buy a roll of toilet paper and hand out toilet paper to your neighbors <laughs> and be like, God bless. Write the gospel on each individual thing of, of uh, in, in each uh, square of the toilet paper, and then as they're, or just the just the book of Romans, you know, just write it out on <laughs> on the squares, and oh, as they're going, they'll read the gospel. I'm sure Angel loved that idea. <laughs> no, but for real, I mean, I mean, find ways to to glorify God in mm-hmm. in this time. And stop panicking. Repent. <laughs> cool. Well, there you go. So, uh, this is the last episode with this overlay. Yeah. Because the very last episode of this second season 
of the Christian artist, I think is kind of what it is, right? First season was just the audio only. Second season is the the video podcast. Third season mm-hmm. will be new intro, new new logos and all that stuff. Um, Are you having a new overlay? New overlay, yeah. Well, it's, we'll be interviewing people too. So. And, and that, yeah. But because it's... <laughs> What's up with the new overlay? Well, because the overlay that I'm using right now has the old Matches background. The old it, oh. And so I, I had him make me just like a, a blank, like, you know, 1920 by 1080 like um background to use to make the overlay or the new overlays um for video stuff uh so angel <laughs> what did he um, say corona has put us all in cage stage get it we're in lockdown <laughs> and then he said it will clean their booty and their sin the <laughs> oh my uh, um, he must be he, he's in a mood tonight <laughs> this, this ever since he watched natural libre he's been in a mood okay so he's <laughs> constantly he's been constantly posting one gif from that movie I on every oh, really? post yeah. of mine every single oh, one. Man. he, he really has been in a mood with that mm. yep. Yep. yeah um for real angel was like if we're if we're both out of a job like if we both can't work during this thing we're gonna go to the abortion clinic right and i was like heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, you're saying about the next next week, uh, Carly and I, hope, Jeff Durbin. you know, fingers sure. crossed, um, will be <laughs> yeah, like Lord willing, will be will be doing uh, a like live streamed episode from my phone. So it won't be super fancy, but it will be it will be live streamed. Um, and we're going to be reviewing uh, Family Driven Faith by uh, Vody Bakum because we listened to that or uh, read the book together, and mm-hmm. we want to talk about it. And so we'll do that. Remember social distancing, though. I mean, if you, you have to be like at least six feet apart where you're. No, no, nah, bro. Sorry. Not happening. Um, we're we're not going to ever be six feet apart. <laughs> like, it's gonna be bad. Um, but after that, two weeks from now, we'll be starting our new season at the Heroes Pals. Um, I I did yeah. it again. Yeah, it's, it's it's too easy. Yep. It's too catchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be talking about Theonomy with none other than Mufuki himself. And we'll start off a new season right and have a new intro, new overlays, new everything. And the cold opens will be gone for all time. No more cold opens. This is the last cold open. Except, yeah. well, no, you guys will have no, a cold We'll do a cold we'll open. We'll have, have some kind My of last That was cold. Your, cold, your last cold open. Yeah. Yep. It was actually funny too. It was good. It yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. So we, we can't mess this up, Carla. We have to make sure ours is funny too. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. I'll be bad. thinking about it until then. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't really have anything else. Um, so I don't really I honestly don't think there's anything else going on this week in terms of streaming. Uh, because I'm gonna be super busy, and then I'm gonna go visit this girl Tara? no I was, I was pointing down at carly <laughs> um You're... lord willing everyone be praying that flights aren't canceled uh and that yeah. we can we can still oh. each other we got our flights changed from seattle to portland which is good but mm. so we're not I'm, that's I'm not... the thing though man if 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 <coughs> if Sorry, if you were. I was just gonna say we're not landing in the ep- I'm not landing in the epicenter of the coronavirus yeah. anymore. 
Right. Okay. I mean, I was just thinking, let's say the flights aren't canceled there, but then they're canceled back and you're just stuck there. Right. Oh, well. That's also, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's also a possibility, it, though. Yeah. It would also be cool if, if, uh, if Carly, because Carly's coming back with me um, to Wisconsin for a week. It would be totally fine if her flight was accidentally canceled. Like maybe what either one. <laughs> yeah. But but for real, just to kinda just to kinda close this out here, I mean yeah. like like um just in terms of like Mickey and I's like wedding. Mm-hmm. Like there are like so many different aspects of like things that can go wrong now of like things we just don't know if things are gonna go like work out okay and like all the time yeah. we put into like planning the wedding. Um like it just brings to mind like the book of James, you know, of what you guys were talking about. Um, you know, Lord willing, we will go here and there, you know, don't, don't, uh, like assume and, and like make plans and be like, you know, um, I forget, I forget like the exact phrasing of it, but don't, don't like assume on tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so with all this going on, it's, it's just like a sobering reminder of like, we could have spent so much time into this, like planning this wedding and it could all be canceled. And yet we know our hope is not, or like our hope and joy is not in this wedding. It's in like Christ and also the marriage is so much more important. And so like in, in like all of this with the coronavirus, like there are legitimate, like, fears there are legitimate tragedies that are happening right now people are actually dying and yet god is still sovereign god is still good do not worry that's not a suggestion that's a command yeah do not worry mm-hmm. if god can take care of the grass and the birds he can take care of you he can indeed you can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Christian artist show and at our website at Christian artist show.com. I think that's it for this week. And we'll be back next week with our last episode. No, with our last episode (laughs) of this season. No, I just, I say next week because next week with with Jeff Durbin, that's like his show. Oh yeah. 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 Anyway, now I'm just imagining people like screaming at them with signs. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, that's it. We're out. Wash your hands, people. <laughs> Filthy humans.